exhale. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. Did y'all notice that little exhale at the beginning of the intro music? If this isn't your first episode, you might recognize that from the last episode where I talked about conditioning and how I was going to condition you to start noticing your breath and use the, you know, 20 seconds or so, 15 seconds or so of intro music to my podcast episodes to exhale and notice your breath and start taking that as a cue, um, kind of like Pavlov and his dogs. That's a cue uh, to make you notice your breath and relax. Like I'm always t- trying to teach all of my yoga students to come to my classes or come on my hikes with me to practice checking in with your breath constantly because the more often you do that in yoga practice, obviously that's like a huge factor of yoga practice is the breath work, pranayama, but the more I remind you, either on my podcast episodes or, you know, in my yoga classes, I remind everybody to ch- and myself to check in with your breath constantly. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. And maybe you're like me, and when you're listening to these podcast episodes, you're doing something, you're multitasking. And when you practice noticing your breath while you're multitasking, even better. Anyway. That's all shouts to the last episode. If you haven't already listened to it, that's what that's about. You can hear more about that there. If you're one of my regular listeners, welcome back. Today's episode is a nice natural extension of that because the more you practice something, the better you get at it, which has to do with your self-efficacy, your belief in your ability to succeed. And that's only going to be reinforced by practice. So this is a natural extension of our last episode. And in that episode, I started to touch on positive affirmations and how they have to do with improving your life, improving your behavior, because your life is just the amalgamation of your behaviors, right? So we're going to unpack that a little bit, why I think positive affirmations are, they're a tricky thing. I don't want to say they're a bad thing, but I don't really use them much. Uh, In the sense of what, like I used to just write down some positive affirmations in my journal and hope that that would make me feel better when I was feeling kind of crappy and it never did, surprise. I don't know if you all have ever experienced that where you're like, oh, I'm in a bad place or whatever, I'm having a hard time accomplishing something or getting where I want to be with something, so I'm going to write down some positive affirmations about that or do a meditation where I listen and repeat positive affirmations and I think those are... Those things are good, but just doing that to pull yourself up out of a bad place or to improve your confidence and your ability to do something is not as effective as uh, this concept of improving self-efficacy. And so I'm going to go in depth into the psychological concept of self-efficacy and what we know from psychology related to that and how to put it into practice in your life. And positive affirmations will come into play a little bit, but basically what I'm telling you is I'm not going to tell you to just go write down the things that you want to do or how you want to show up in life and and write it down as as if I am already those things because that's basically what a positive affirmation is. 
Um, I'm going to tell you something that I think works a lot better from my own life and experience, which is building self-efficacy. So I'm not saying just throw positive affirmations out the window, but what I want to talk about is maybe you're like me and you're like, uh, positive affirmations just feel so cheesy. I hate doing them. I don't really notice much benefit from doing them. It just feels cheesy to me a lot of times. Um, Every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, this really made me feel a lot better. But for the most part, when I do positive affirmations, I'm like, eh, don't really believe it. So how do you go and make yourself believe your positive affirmations? That's a concept called self-efficacy, sort of related. Uh, I'm going to show you how they're related. So self-efficacy means uh, it's like confidence a little bit, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So your self-efficacy is your belief in your ability to do a thing, right? So that would be what you gain when your body believes your positive affirmations, right? You, when you hype yourself up in some way, you might gain self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is gained from doing hard things, right? So the more you kind of test yourself and do hard stuff, the more you improve your self-efficacy. And it can be applicable to things that you like that you didn't gain it from, you know? So the more you challenge yourself, say, at the gym or in your yoga practice or whatever, you just do hard things, you increase your ability to believe in your, yourself uh, to do more hard things, right? So that's a huge concept for resilience, which is something I'm always talking about, like ways to improve your resilience, ways to live a better life, Um Resilience is, as I define it, is your way to keep on keeping on, your way to get through hard stuff, and obviously your belief in your ability to do so is going to play a huge role. So now that I've given you my very typical me goofy explanation of what self-efficacy is, um, the belief in the ability to do hard things, let me explain the quote-unquote real definition and a little bit of the history of the term and break it down a little further for you before I give a nice example. So the first time I heard this term was in a community health promotion course I took in my degree, which has to do with um, getting whole entire communities to be healthier. But the term originally came from psychology, so I'm going to explain or define it the way it was explained and defined by the person who coined the term, which was Albert Bandura, a psychologist and professor at Stanford University first used the term in 1977 and he defined it as the belief in one's capabilities to organize and execute the courses of action required to manage prospective situations. So that's a lot of jargon to say one's belief in their ability to do hard things or um, maybe put a little more simply than Uh, Albert Bandura put it, and a little less simply than I put it, uh, it's your belief in your ability to succeed. And this professor, he gave some, with the definition, he gave some sources and some outcomes. So sources are the things that give you self-efficacy, and outcomes are the things that you gain from having it. And so we'll talk about, first, the sources. One, mastery experiences which is like I said, doing hard things improves your belief in your ability to do hard things. When you do hard things, you 
suddenly believe in yourself that you can do more hard things. That's a mastery experience. When you do something well, then you're like, ah, I did that, and I mastered that, and now I believe that I can master things because I've mastered things before, right? Okay, and number two is social persuasion. So when you have, say, friends or loved ones hyping you up, that's social persuasion. Number three is vicarious experiences, so seeing somebody else do hard things. Um, And then four is emotional states or physiological feedback. So that's what I will refer to as an embodied experience. So once you kind of, it's, I think, related to the mastery experience, once you master something and you feel the emotional state or the physiological, the embodied experience of mastering that thing, that is your feedback that enforces that um, self-efficacy in the future and applying to other things. And so next, what are the outcomes of self-efficacy or what does a person get when they have high self-efficacy or it's not quite confidence, okay? That's what I'm trying to drive home to is that it's not, it is kind of confidence in a way, but it's confidence that you can do hard things specifically. Um, So the outcomes are number one, resilience and adversity or resilience to adversity and stress. So... That's what I say, like your ability to keep on keeping on, even when things get hard. That's what resilience is um, when you go through hard things or just regular life stress. And then the next ones are interesting to me that so people with higher self-efficacy exhibit healthier lifestyle habits, um, improved employee performance. So that could look like better performance at work or if you... Say your employee, if you have people that are subordinate to you, like your employees or your kids, for example, um, if you help facilitate their belief in their ability to do hard things, they're going to perform better. So interesting. I'm just throwing the kids example in there because I think that's applicable too. Um, and then higher educational achievement. People that that have more belief in their ability to do hard things are going to get further in the education world. And so, like, that's not a value judgment. Maybe it's not for you. I'm the same way. I'm like, I kind of want a master's degree. It's not that I don't think I can do it. It's just when or if do I want to put myself through that extreme amount of stress, like, you know, the adversity or stress. But some people might hold themselves back because they don't know if they can make it through, right, such a hard program as an advanced degree or even a degree in general, But that's what people with higher self-efficacy, people with higher confidence in their ability to do things, just do better in life. They live healthier lives. They do better at work. They do better in school. So that all comes from Stanford, this guy at Stanford, right? So we're going to get a little bit more into that today. So this episode kind of came up. I've spent a lot of time uh, researching and making notes and outlines for the episode about toxic positivity and positive psychology and how those things are related and positive affirmations was going to be my example. And I'm really glad over the weekend I had kind of an epiphany um, about what to say instead, because I don't like to just spend these episodes like, ah, don't do positive affirmations and then leave you without something to do instead. And so I finally had an epiphany and that's why I decided to record this episode now about what can help Uh, work in the way that we hope that positive affirmations do. And that's 
doing hard stuff, challenging yourself. And so what made me think of that was I went dirt bike riding with my husband. We go to this place uh, called Brown Mountain. It's in Morganton, North Carolina, and it's a mountain. So you ride, it's trail riding up a mountain. It's very rocky. It's pretty steep. Uh, I stall my bike out a lot there. Less this time, actually. I was really proud of myself this time. It's like the third time I've been there with him. We finally bought year passes because it's only like a year from where, or a year. It's only like an hour from where we live. And so we've been a few times and every time I was like, this time I was like, did they grade out the trail? Uh, Because it was so much easier than the time we went like two weeks ago. And my husband was like, "Uh, no, you know, like there's no way, like, no, they can't get equipment up there to grade the trail. It's just everything seems easier and smaller. And I was like, boom, perfect example of what I'm talking about. The first time I went there, um, first of all, the first time I went there, I was on a smaller bike, so that played a role. But it was also, um, you know, I've rode street bikes, like motorcycles on the road for several years now uh, since I was like 19 or so. I think was the first time I ever tried it, but I started getting good at that around the time I was like 21 or two. So that was like five or six years ago. And then when I got too pregnant to zip up my motorcycle coat, um, I had my like, you know, to safety gear stuff, uh, my riding jacket, I had to give that up. Right. And I was like, you can't really ride a motorcycle when you have a baby or toddler at home. Cause you can't really put a car seat on a motorcycle and I have a duty to stay alive as my mom would put it. So gave up that hobby that I loved. My husband grew up riding dirt bikes. So here we are. We both ride dirt bikes now. Um, it's still dangerous, right? Like you could still break bones and get really hurt riding dirt bikes, but the odds of me dying doing that extreme sport are a lot smaller. So this is all to say, like, this is where I came up with the example and it's going to be a really good example to explain what I'm talking about, but I'm not telling you that you have to go out and take up some extreme sport, something dangerous to improve your self-efficacy. I'll give some more examples at the end or as we go along, but this will be a fun story to listen to about my dirt bike riding and what I was kind of meditating on. Uh, while I was riding, because that's why I love riding, in fact, is it's always really meditative for me. In fact, I often like to chant the Ganesh mantra while I'm riding, especially if I'm doing something hard. The Ganesh mantra is, um, you can look it up, but it's it translates to go forth remover of obstacles. And so whenever I'm, it's one of my favorite mantras to chant. Ganesh actually is the Indian deity that rules over astrology, which was just kind of a little synchronicity that I loved to learn when I did learn that because I already loved that mantra and it, it shows up in my life uh, frequently. And I use it when I'm going through hard things, especially when I'm on the motorcycle or on a bike. And I'm like, this is hard. I start chanting the Ganesh mantra, Om Gam Ganapateye Namaha, chant it. Um, and I'll like kind of sing it to myself. It means go forth, remover of obstacles. And it's just something to sing or do while I'm riding, and I feel like it powers up what I'm doing. I don't know. But riding bikes, whether that be motorcycles or dirt bikes, really powers up self-efficacy for me. And let me explain that some more. So self-efficacy is your ability and your belief to do hard things. And every time I get done riding dirt bikes and, like, 
my husband was saying this past time, it just seems easier every time. And I've gone to this trail several times. It's like hard. I like ate it a few times the first time I went. Not bad, you know, like I, I'm pretty good at riding within my limits. And whenever I fall, I just, I know how to pull my legs. So I don't like break any bones or anything. Um, just let the bike go kind of thing. So that's actually one of the lessons. First lesson from the trail, from the riding dirt bikes trail is hold on loosely. So like the 38 special song. Um, so my husband's always talking about how he gets arm pump, which is the thing that dirt bike riders talk about where their forearms get really sore and they can't even grip anymore um, from holding onto the bike. And when you're riding, the bike uh, bounces over rocks a lot and hopefully you have good enough suspension that you don't have to just eat all of that with your shoulders and your, and your joints. Hopefully your suspension will take some of that. But this is something that I've had a hard time gaining an embodied understanding of is that the tighter you're holding on to the bike and the slower you go over all the rocks and obstacles, the harder it's going to be. It's going to be harder on your joints. You're going to get tense. You're going to get sore. That's what arm pump is. You can barely grip anymore because you've been gripping the bike so hard. So when you start to learn to let go a little bit, ease off, don't be so controlling of the outcome. See, these are things that were coming to my mind. I was like, wow, this is like yoga philosophy. Like if you've ever read the Bhagavad Gita, the whole story is about doing your work and releasing your attachments to the outcomes of that work. So it's a, it's a fine balance to have of being diligent, but not being controlling of what's going to happen. And so on a dirt bike or something like that is a really good place to kind of put that to the test, put it in real life embodied practice, right? So, um, like learning to not squeeze the handles so hard. And when you start to let go a little bit and let your, uh, your arms be a little bit more fluid and like jelly. And then also, um, so another lesson from the trail I learned is pick your roller coaster and ride it. And so that's something a friend of mine back in high school used to say. Um, and then, but that's, you know, one of our more experienced rider friends always says, like, just pick your line and stick to it. And don't, uh, you know, it's it's when you try to steer with the handlebars on a motorcycle, things go wrong. So because that's when you're going to bounce and and swerve and do something crazy. So uh, pick your roller coaster and ride it. Hold on loosely. So those are two things so far, right? Like, so choose what you're doing and do it well. Like, just do the hell out of it, right? Kind of like the Bhagavad Gita. Be diligent do it. Like once you decide, this is my dharma, this is what I need to do. This is, this is my path that I'm on. This is where I am. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it all the way, like completely do the thing. And then once you do, you have to hold on loosely and let go a little bit, right? You can't try to control the outcomes. You have to just do what you do and see what happens, right? And so it's the same thing on a dirt bike. It's like, you have to just pick your line and go for it and don't hold on too tight. 
right? So these are things that I was kind of relating in my head while we were out dirt biking this past weekend. And so riding dirt bikes is my chosen activity to improve my self-efficacy because every time I get done, I feel like such a badass and my husband and I like high five each other and that's, we don't even have like date nights. We go on dirt bike dates and that's our thing and I love it. Um, but you don't have to go and take up some extreme sport, some dangerous sport and, you know, risk broken bones or whatever to, to find self-efficacy or to improve your confidence and your ability to do hard things. That's what self-efficacy is, but you have to do hard things, right? And so I think that's where, where I get hung up is like, uh, I get stuck in my comfort zone and which feels stagnant. And then I'm like, I'm just going to use positive affirmations to improve my confidence. And then once I feel confident, I'll do something hard. Right. And that's not how it works. You have to do hard things even when you don't feel confident. That's how you improve your self-efficacy. So I have more about um, the whole positive affirmation thing because there's also – so I'm a really – I say stay in the light at the beginning of my every one of my episodes, right? And so this is what that – this episode originally, the plan for it kind of bubbled up out of was like, uh, I don't want to be accused of toxic positivity by saying that or spiritual bypassing because those things are kind of a real problem in the world. You know, people that – they're like, oh, just keep your chin up. It'll get better uh, when you say, like, lose a loved one or go through something really hard. And people are like, oh, just look on the bright side. And that's not always all that helpful, you know. Um, just looking on the bright side isn't what's going to get you through those hard things. It's getting through them and seeing yourself through and being in them and learning how to navigate those things, that's where I realized that this dirt biking example was like the perfect example for this because um, it's the same thing with this podcast. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not that good at it. I ramble. I say um a lot. I say like a lot. And I go back and listen and I'm like, mm, it's not that good or it could be better or I wish I didn't ramble so much. I wish my episodes were shorter. Here I am rambling about that, right? And but the only way to get better is not to sit here and be in my head about it. It's to just do it and just put myself out there and hope people listen. And with each time I learn something or I get a little bit better about speaking, I get a little bit better about editing, I get a little bit better about the like putting it out there and doing promotion. You know what I mean? So it's it's an everything in life is an iterative process and you don't get better at it by intellectualizing in most cases. In most cases, you have to just do the thing scared as hell and let go of your attachments to the outcome and see what happens and just keep doing that and keep trying, you know, forever. And that's kind of been the the gist of my last two episodes related to behavior change. And this is a little bit more related to creating resilience and creating confidence in doing hard things and getting better at stepping out of your comfort zone, which will inevitably expand your comfort zone. So I want to talk about 
toxic positivity and what that really means. And to me, it's equally not having a sensitive awareness of or or coping skills for hard feelings. It's like glossing over the hard feelings, you know. Um, so this is also what we're talking about, what we're going for it, with the self-efficacy and what we want to cultivate is a middle path between what we call po- toxic positivity and sometimes there's this thing called the dark triad personality traits where people just get um, kind of stuck in their suffering. Like we're not going for that either. Like, yes, I want you to feel your feelings and um, move through them with grace and ease. And I want you to have a positive experience uh, most of the time. That's what I want for myself too, right? Like I want to stay in the light, but I don't mean stay in the light as in everything's good all the time. I mean, stay in the solution. I mean, keep doing the things that build your self-efficacy and build your resilience um, rather than getting stuck up in the negative emotions and the suffering and the comfort zone. All those things uh, are equally as detrimental to resilience. So it was my intention to go ahead and talk about um, toxic positivity and emotional awareness today, but this episode could get really, really long. And in keeping with my, I've been making it a goal for a while to make my episodes shorter. I'm going to go ahead and just leave it at that. Just talking about the self-efficacy piece. And I have a really cool interview guest coming up whose research is actually on, um, sort of positive psychology and without giving too much away, I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll hear from her next. And then after that, I'll go into some more of my own personal research and things that I've learned about emotional awareness and what that has to do with resilience and toxic positivity and positive psychology and all of that. So this episode, we'll just leave it at self-efficacy. So in, um, in summary, we'll say more practice is always going to make you better. Just like I'm practicing here doing this podcast or I practice with riding dirt bikes, it improves my ability and my belief to do new or hard things, right? Um, And then same thing with breathing to reduce stress, like I'm trying to condition you to do in the beginning of my episodes or whenever you hear my intro and outro music, the more you practice that, the better you'll get at it. And stepping out of your comfort zone is what's going to expand your comfort zone. If you want to grow, if you want to be better and do bigger things, you're going to have to get uncomfortable, right? And to me, in my experience, positive affirmations, when you do something hard and you believe them and you affirm that with some positive affirmations, that's what makes them work. But just when you're stuck in a hard place, not feeling good, you can't just, that's that's where the po- toxic positivity, positivity comes in. When you're like, oh, I'm feeling really crappy. I just want to not feel this anymore. So I'm just going to try to do some positive affirmations that I don't really believe in my mind or my body right now. Um, so so it's it's being with that hard stuff and doing the hard tasks that will um, expand your comfort zone and just make you better overall, make you better at doing that hard thing you're trying to do and will improve your self-efficacy or your belief in your ability to do hard things in general, which will expand your life. So, and my, my lessons from the trail were pick your roller coaster and ride it or pick your line and stick to it. Set your mind to something, right? 
do it scared or unequipped, you know, on your little small bike or without the, you don't have to go out and buy all the fancy equipment the first time you try to do something, just, just do it. Um, and don't over intellectualize things, you know, I get stuck in analysis paralysis a lot myself. So, um, and then like of attachments and keep going down that iterative process. That's a very yogic philosophy from the Bhagavad Gita. Do your work without attachment to the outcomes of your work. You'll always be pleased at what you get as long as you're not attached to, well, I really wanted this specific outcome. You might still get something good, but it's not exactly the same. So here's a nice short episode for you. I'm going to try to start doing more of these little shorter things and then make the interviews be the longer one. And so always remember that you can find me on my website, yogiscopes.com, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S, or Facebook and Instagram at the same handle. Um, I am doing readings. I have a schedule up, scheduler up on my website. I'm doing astrology readings for the rest of June for donation-based. Um, so you can hit the scheduler on my website. I have a sliding scale fee up there. And if for some reason my lowest on the sliding scale doesn't work for you, please reach out to me on any of the channels I mentioned earlier. You can email me right on my website or you can find me on social media and message me that way. Um, I'm always happy to listen. And so if my lowest tier pricing does not work for you for the rest of June, I am offering these for for your donations. So um, once June is up, I won't be offering that anymore. I, you know, I always like to work with people because I've been there before. So I'll work with people on a case by case basis, but this price is going to go up at the end of the month. So if you want this super affordable astrology reading with me now, it's a great way to work one-on-one with me. You can go and just schedule yourself on your web- on my website, or I have some limited availability there because that's the only time I could commit to always being available, but my schedule is pretty in flux all the time. So if those times don't work again, just reach out to me. I would love to do some readings for y'all before, um, next month, my price is going to go up because I'm going to start offering, um, yoga therapy as well. I'm at that point in my yoga therapy training. So next month, actually, after, uh, my husband and I have our wedding and move, we have some exciting developments happening in our, in our life. So, um, then in about a month or so, I'll be offering the reading price will go up because I'll off, also be off. My schedule gets crazier. So if you want a reading, hit my website. If you want to connect, I'd love to hear from you and be on the lookout for some exciting episodes coming up. Going to try to get back into the swing of getting these out every week for you. Life has been crazy, but let's. here's to hoping it'll settle down as a parent. Um, that's the main thing. So Always remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light.